Hey, welcome to episode four of the Lab Notes podcast. I'm Neil, otherwise known as Spoonman, and I'm here with Jared. Good to be here again. Always a good week when we get to talk about cool stuff in esports and happenings at Play Labs. You're listening to Lab Notes by Play Labs, where we focus on gameplay, communication, and wellness. Let's get to the lab. What do we have coming up here? I believe uh, we're a couple weeks out from the after-school youth program. Yeah, we're about two weeks out from that. Starting on the 17th, 18th, and 19th, we have the after-school youth program. On the 19th, we have the Play Labs tournament, which is essentially the warm-up for Big House, which is that weekend for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Really, really big event here in Michigan. That weekend, I believe we also have the Grand Finals gaming event, which if you were listening last week on episode three, we had an interview with Garrett who's going to be there for that really cool event. So lots of really good stuff happening here in about two weeks. I didn't even realize we had all of that kind of starting at the same time. That's pretty cool. Uh, the links to all those events will be right in the show notes for this episode. So pretty easy and quick to get to what you need to get to. So this episode is your birthday episode. So you get to be our guest today as well as a host, which is an interesting combo. It's a good combo. <laughs> Want the lab to yourself? Host a private party and get exclusive access to our entire 3,000 square foot gaming lab for your birthday party, bachelor or bachelorette party, or company event. Visit playlabs.gg party to book today. Use the promo code podcast for a $50 discount. So let's start with where you grew up. It's not here in Michigan. No, it's not. No, I'm from a, I'm a from a little town in Illinois called Antioch, which is right on the border of Wisconsin, uh, kind of on the east side of the state. So it takes about an hour, maybe hour and a half to get to Chicago with traffic. It's kind of close. If anyone's familiar with the, the big theme park out there in Illinois called Six Flags Great America, I grew up about 20 minutes from there. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, spent a lot of summers and falls going there and always a great time. So yeah, but the town itself was was very small, almost I'd say akin to like uh, like the Fenton area here. There's a lot of lakes, uh, a lot of boating, good summers, crappy winters. So <laughs> that's pretty much most of Michigan in a nutshell, too. So, <laughs> right, right. But not as many big hills, not a lot of skiing um, where I'm from in Illinois, not a hilly uh, state. Right. When did you move to Michigan? So I came to Michigan a little over two years ago. Yeah, so we'll do kind of a just a quick summary of sure. my career in esports and how I got into what I was doing. Uh, lifelong gamer, most of us and most of you listening to this are. If you're not, you're welcome here too. Esports is for everyone. But I had originally worked for a company in Chicago called N1 Esports, which was very similar to what we're doing here at Play Labs with more of a, a gym-esque focus and programming and not so much like open play and just come in and play video games. It had structure to it. So I work with that company in the capacity of one of the founders. So it was myself, Ryan Kim, um, Kenzie Mickle, and Logan. Ryan and Mac were both college graduates, had plenty of money to try and start something like this. Uh, and Logan was actually one of the first ever collegiate esports athletes. He played for Robert Morris University. So he was kind of there in a capacity of a player perspective. Uh, and I was coming fresh off of competing nationally in League of Legends uh, with the Super League Gaming All-Stars out in uh, Los Angeles. So that experience in the game and my history with coaching traditional youth sports, namely soccer mostly, made me a, a candidate that got hired on with N1, which was great. And we spent a work uh, like a year putting that together. 
And then we finally open our doors in Old Town in Chicago, which is a very, very busy main street. Two weeks after we opened our doors, this little thing called COVID happened. So we had to close our doors. And unfortunately, our attempt to transition to an online model didn't work. The market was too saturated. In the buildup, it was looking great. So guess I'm just gonna go back to, well, waiting for this pandemic to end. So as that was going on, a lot of these colleges out there were starting to get wind of these successful esports programs that other schools were running. And part of that discovery included them realizing that they don't have the staff as a school to really run an esports program. They didn't know how to, quote, do the esports. It's what people would call it. Sure, right. <laughs> so, so they had to bring someone in. And at the time, I was looking for jobs in esports. I really wanted to work in it. I knew I wasn't going to be a professional player. Um, and I knew I had this unique knowledge and experience with the topic. So constantly, mostly on Indeed is where I would look. I just do esports anywhere in the U.S., looking for anything I could possibly find. And Wabonzi Community College popped up. I drove an hour and a half to do the interview because that's how far it was from where I was living and I was willing to make that drive. Even for a part-time, non-salaried position, I was just given a stipend, but that wasn't enough to deter me from going to the interview. So I did it. Uh, I didn't hear back from them. They called me and said, um, you know, they'll keep my application on hand, but there was just someone who knew a little more about the games they thought they wanted to run. And the day after that, I got a call back and they said, hey, are you still interested? That guy declined the position. <laughs> so I jumped on it. I was all right. over it. So for about six months while they were building out the program, I was sort of an advisor on it. I was eventually going to be the head coach, but it was my job to just kind of help set it up. And that was great. I did that. I was with that program for a little over a year. Really successful, very different uh, from anything else I had ever done. So while I was doing that and building experience, I continued going on Indeed regularly and saying, hey, what's out there in esports? Uh, and I applied to a lot of colleges looking for full-time head coaches with the, the main issue being they all required bachelor's degrees. So I didn't get many calls back. I have a trade degree, um, mm. but no traditional collegiate degree. Okay. But with esports, yeah, yeah. yeah uh. kind of negligible. So it got to a point where I, I finally got an interview and that interview was with Cleary University in Michigan. I drove six hours, mm -hmm. came out here, did the interview, went really well. Uh, I was told after the interview that it was me and two other candidates that they were looking at. And one thing I remember that was kind of interesting was these two other candidates already had collegiate head coaching experience like myself, but at big schools, both of them wanted six figure salaries when the posting was nowhere near that. And I said, hey, I just want a full-time job in esports and I'm willing to travel or, or go wherever it takes. So I ended up getting the job, did the exact same thing with that program, worked as an advisor. I was very fortunate that I got to work with Heather Bateman, who is the athletic director and was my direct superior at the school. And she had helped start, I think it was Jackson State here in Michigan. She had helped them start their esports program. So I was actually working with some staff that knew a little bit about esports and they were willing to spend the money on it. So they have a, a great nice. program over there at Cleary. And after about a year of it, on our separate ways, made a lot of really good connections, ended up being the reason I'm here at PlayLabs today. What was it that stopped N1? What was it about that opportunity that really attracted you to that concept, that, that coaching, 
improvement concept. I mean, typical land centers, for example, are just, you know, hey, come in, pay by the hour and play some games. Yeah. But to shift that focus over to a improvement style environment, what was it about N1 that, that was intriguing to you? Really a lot of the same stuff that was intriguing about coming to Playlabs. Okay. Uh, essentially building what is the, the grassroots of esports. There's two places that stems from. One, uh, the domination that occurs of North American esports teams is so regular uh, with Korean and Chinese and European even teams are just destroying NA teams in right. most esports. Right. right. And the reason they do that is because they actually have really good feeder systems of their professional teams. They develop them early. Uh, the development in Europe is a little more structured and intentional, whereas in like Korea, there's they're called PC bongs. They're land centers, hmm. but they're everywhere. Like every other block okay. has one. So kids grow up going there and playing and competing. And those things are packed. Whereas most land centers in the US have like eight people in there, right. most, something right. like that. And not bashing anybody for trying it. You know, it's a great concept, but it just, sure. it hasn't caught on here yet. And the reason it hasn't is because it hasn't been done correctly. PCs, consoles, they're so accessible. Mm -hmm. Not every family in Korea has one in their house. Right, uh, right. But in the US, it's very commonplace for that to be, be the norm. So sure. the concept was developing that grassroots end of it. And then also being able to help kids that are like my nephews, which I have seven of. Mm. Um, and they, some of them are grown up gamers, some of them haven't. Uh, their dad was the person who inspired me to be a gamer. And seeing them just play online and be exposed to the same terrible communities and toxicity <laughs> that's out there is brutal. And the idea that I can give kids their age a place to come and play, like they would play traditional sports, all of them are traditional athletes too, mm -hmm. uh, my nephews that is, and get the same intangibles that you get from traditional sports, you know, teamwork, communication, life skills. I tell parents all the time, your kids aren't playing football at 10 years old because you think they're the next Tom Brady. Right. They're playing football because you want them to be active, you want them to be social, you want them to get the skills that comes with being a teammate and being on a team. And N1 and Play Labs both provide an opportunity to build something like that with video games. So what's next here at Play Labs is my question. More to the point, what's next for you in terms of how you see the growth of Play Labs impacting you personally? That's a good question. As I'm able to find out what works with programming, the one that fills all 20 of our seats every time we run it, or at least 10 of them, it's consistent. You know, there's always people in here for it, and we see new faces and we see returning faces, and that value is repeatable. What's next for me is being able to grow the awareness of it so that it can expand. I want it to be something that can be copy pasted into another community that has a lot of gamers, which most of them do, but just being in areas that give kids an opportunity to maybe not be out doing something they shouldn't do or maybe wasting more time than they should playing at home when they can be somewhere playing in a positive environment that's helping them grow as individuals, you know, not screaming into their headset online. There, There's more positive factors when you're in a structured environment with anything. 
and we can compare it to a simple soccer analogy where you say, hey, if they're out there playing with a team or even at recess playing with friends, there is more positives they're going to gain out of that versus them in your backyard kicking the ball against the fence. They can work on individual skills and drills, but that only gets you so far. The reason you do that is so you can play with the team. So to get it into a new set of four walls somewhere else, but also outside of these four walls, having a physical location is great because I'm always a big fan of the face-to-face interaction. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I like the concept of Play Labs, but it's also a limiting factor. It really correlates to population density. Pretty right? much. That, that's what it is. You Accessibility, know, we, yeah. We could open four centers within eight to 10 miles of each other out here in Metro Detroit, and all of those would be busier individually than one all the way out in, in Fenton or Howell right. or something like that. And it's good that you say that because there's still gamers out there. Right, absolutely. And they want access to really cool, unique opportunities and programming. And I think that's an element that we can delve into with online offerings with PlayLabs, you know, using the brand to reach people that can't come into our physical location. This podcast is produced by Podcast Nation. Just like great gamers are made at PlayLabs, great podcasts are made at Podcast Nation. Visit us at podcastnation.com to learn more. (laughs) It's like... I think it's a lot for people on the outside to reconcile, right? Like all these games are getting released and all these things are happening. And then you get an announcement that, you know, Epic is laying people off or this other studio gets shut down. I mean, it's happening every week. I don't think they fully understand gamers and game developers and that environment. I just don't think it's understood. I think they're misunderstood. I think what these studios are going to start seeing is, and just companies in general, gaming has become so commonplace. And with the opportunity of collegiate scholarships being a very real thing across many, many, many industries, not just gaming. You can go to business school, which is what Cleary uh, is. You go to business school and get an esports scholarship. So you're going to have these really, really passionate gamers. That's their hobby. They're actual gamers coming out of schools with bachelors, masters, doctorates, big degrees, and they'll start getting into positions of power and influence, and they will understand gamers. Well, that's episode four in the books. Uh, Happy birthday to our general manager, Jared. We look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Be sure to subscribe. And if you need any of the information about uh, what we talked about in this show, take a look at the show links. Game on. Thanks for listening to Lab Notes. Visit playlabs.gg to find out more about our programming and schedule. Be sure to join our Discord and pop into the podcast channel to ask us questions or tell us what you think. See you next week. Game on.